Nothing changes instantaneously. In a gradually heating bathtub, you'd be boiled to death before you knew it. Our Father, who art in heaven. Seriously? What the actual fuck? Gilead doesn't care about children. Gilead cares about power. Why does healing have to be the only goal? Why can't we be as furious as we feel? For whatever man sows, so shall he reap. Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. Today we are so excited to have the most omniscient person in all of The Handmaid's Tale, not to mention Emmy Award winner, editor, Wendy Hallam-Martin here to chat with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I don't want this to get weird right off the bat, but I was walking my dog earlier and I realized that if we were forced to kidnap one person from the cast and crew of The Handmaid's Tale, that it would have to be you because you have access to everything we've ever wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've seen it all. All the cutscenes, all the, yeah, I just, we're very jealous. Uh, Yeah, it's a good job to have, I have to say. It'd be so fun. I was stalking your Instagram yesterday and I fell in love with your dog. Um, was it a girl is it a girl or a boy he's a boy his name's Cole I love him how old is Cole he's almost 13 <gasps> he's beautiful yeah he's my heart I just love that oh, guy yeah I thought he was a yeah, older doggy because I have an older doggy as well and they just like every time I see an older dog they just like my heart melt yeah. yeah I'm right there with you does he still go um kayaking with you he does. Well, actually, not this last summer because his eyesight's going a little bit and he starts Aww. to pan a little bit when we get close mm. to the dock. So he jumps mm. out and I don't want to risk that. So, yeah. Aww. But yeah, you still, you know, sneak him in the cutting room once in a while. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Listens to June scream. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's got a real weird job. <laughs> In any job where you can sneak your dog in, you did good. Good life you built. I got my dog on a paddleboard for the first time this summer. I mean, I tried for the first time. I feel like the the second time is what is going to actually tell me whether she's going to be willing. (laughs) I think she's probably smart enough now that she's not going to step back on that board. But it was fun (laughs) while it lasted. And we'll see. That's great. What, um, What show are you working on now? I'm working on a limited series called Fellow Travelers. Um, it's for Showtime. What's it like editing a beautiful face like uh, Matt Bomber? <laughs> and he's such a great actor. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, I saw him in something um, recently for the first time and I was like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Right? He should be a superstar. I mean, that's the yeah, caliber. I think so too. So, to be fair, yeah. Kimberly falls in love with literally every single male character <laughs> that steps on the screen. But I, that is no offense to this man. I'm sure he's very, <laughs> yeah. very dreamy. You should no look look at him. He he looks. He's almost as good as yeah, um, Wendy. I'm sure you remember um, uh, Commander Elijah Vance in episode ten. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Morgan, for the record. Yeah, he, ha- he has yeah. a real name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, Matt yeah, Bomber, he, like yeah. if um, Rob Lowe and, and um, who would just say John Hamm had a baby. Yeah. Ooh, Actually, that's a very see, good That's yeah, interesting. That's yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking into that later. Yeah. I feel like you'd get really good at that, like being able to say, it's this person and this person meshed together just from looking at their faces all day <laughs> editing. Exactly. You study every. <laughs> so right yeah. right is it hard for you to watch regular tv like i feel like 
you just be judging the scenes <laughs> the editing <laughs> I yeah I mean uh, it's it's hard to watch tv in general because that's what I do all day I'd rather come home oh and yeah listen to music or read a book or something like that yeah but um yeah I'm very picky about what I do watch a lot of the mm. time it's fluff like I'll watch I know yeah. Lizzie loves the housewives I happen to love them too me too <laughs> yeah. great decompression you know like you you just you don't have to think about anything. So yeah. other than that, I love Ozark. I love, you know, White Lotus. So good. Euphoria. Like I love all those kinds of shows too. So same. Uh, that's exactly the shows I'm into. Violet is our, uh, our editor. So she's um, nervous that she's going to have to edit an editor on this episode. Yeah. That was my first <laughs> thought when you came on, I was like, Oh no, it's like the pressure is on. <laughs> <laughs> like really do my best <laughs> oh, stop you just do your thing <laughs> yeah your job is super fascinating to me though like I think if if I was gonna go into the film business I would go editing I think that's my main interest right now <laughs> so yeah oh cool never too late yeah <laughs> when did you realize Wendy that you wanted to be an editor um I went to film school and everybody had me edit their films only because I did my own and I was not bad at it and they didn't, they didn't want to do it and I didn't want to go and pull cables on their film shoots so I was like I, I'll edit your films and A bartering yeah, yeah and then when the, it, we had a placement program in the final year and I asked to be placed at a post-production house and um landed at uh, Sunrise Films which Deepa Mehta is a uh, filmmaker and her husband at the time, Paul Saltzman, they owned a company. And I assisted um, Stephen Lawrence, who is my mentor and taught me everything I know. And he kicked me out of the nest and said, you're ready to edit. But I, I was happy to be an assistant. Like I, I really wasn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence early on. And when he kicked me out, I was like, oh, I can actually, okay. <laughs> so. That's actually a really cool story. I feel like. Yeah. You don't yeah. hear that a lot. Hmm. Where did you go to film school? A place called Sheridan College in Oakville. It's actually uh, really well known for its animation. They have a, I, I'm not sure what it's called now. It was years ago, but they have a, they called it a, me, a media arts program. So you could do photography, uh, film, you know, everything. And I, I didn't want to go to a, like a full on university where you just learn theory because I thought I can read and do that on my own. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be right. and make films and, you know, music videos were huge at the time. So I just took the camera out every time I had and shot my boyfriend's music videos. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> cool. And then edited them. And yeah, they, they ended up on much music. And nice. Yeah. It was fun. That feels like a great way to start because editing to music, like that's, that's something that I, I mean, we all noticed that specifically with the sh with this show and with every show that those music cues and editing to a music cue. Yeah. I think that's one of the things you notice the most when you're watching. It's a dangerous thing to edit to music in drama. Yeah, right. It's, it's better if you cut the scene and then you lay in a piece of music. And, you know, we use Adam's score as our temp usually, like from previous shows. And mm -hmm. when it falls and hits the moments, it's like, okay, rhythmically, the scene yeah. is cut properly like it's it is a musical piece interesting yeah yeah that's really cool I read an interview with um Bradley um he was talking about ep uh, directing episode nine he was talking about um the final song and how hard it was to place with that final scene where the, sh the shots I don't know if he had anything to do with that or was that all Bradley 
Yeah, Bradley came with that song. Some of us were not a fan, um, but it wound up in the show and good for him. I I didn't edit his episode. Aaron Marshall mm-hmm. did it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so um, I didn't have any say in that. Um, but music is often a battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a good way, because we're all so passionate about music and we all have our own tastes. And yeah. Bruce is the boss and he he rules everybody. Uh, Lizzie is the master of persuasion. Um, she'll sort of, <laughs> you know, say what she thinks and then, you know, but ultimately Bruce gets the say and he's got great taste. He does some really fun, uh, quirky, you know, picks. Oh yeah, definitely. Memorable. Yeah. But it, yeah, it works. Does, um, actually when you said that it reminds us, so we saw the screeners before the final version and a lot of the music changed. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah. like even like we would check it like a few days before or a week before and then it would change from then and yep. maybe they just didn't update the screeners but like who's doing that are you you're on a show you, you're not doing that right so who's handling yeah. these last minute decisions and changes uh that's me I, really? I yeah I've spent days playing DJ for people like literally laying up songs against the scene oh my god uh, that sounds Lizzie so cool Bruce. Yeah, it, it is. sounds exhausting, though. That's so much yeah. work. Like late in the game when you're on another show, also doing that. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, the final song. Oh, no. You know what it was? It was on episode. Are we OK with spoilers? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Show. Everything's good. Yeah. yeah. OK, so when season Ju- six spoilers are welcome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when June gets hit by that truck. Yes. Kokomo. Kokomo. Yes. And, uh, you know, the artist felt that it wasn't appropriate for his material to be on the show. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So we had Brittany, our music soup, like digging up songs. We were all digging up songs. Lizzie was digging up songs. Bruce was digging up songs. And so, yeah, we were laying up like hundreds of songs. Not hundreds. I mean, we narrow it down. but But still, that's a lot. Yeah. And um, I think Lizzie, Lizzie picked the Beach Boys and it's, it was perfect. Yeah. But in those episodes, right, that was the raid. They changed the raid music and I loved the raid music. It was just an Adam Taylor comp, I think. And I like really loved it. And then they changed it. No, but what happens is sometimes Adam, you know, we do new things on the show that Adam doesn't have cues for. So Mm -hmm. like the whole train sequence Lizzie yeah. from the beginning had um, a Max Richter song in her head oh. that I laid up while I when I assembled the scene. And um, so we just fell in love with it. And so what we do is we do a music spotting. And when Lizzie directs, she comes on the spots with us. And it's co- we call it uh, watching TV with Adam because <laughs> he hasn't seen the episode like on purpose. We turn oh, him so that he can That's react. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. So we sit there and he leaves his camera on. We all turn ours off and we just watch him react. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Adam. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. But it's great. So sometimes we say, sorry, Adam, we couldn't find it. <laughs> you know, we have, I mean, Max Richter has become a verb. You've been Richtered. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> we always have a good laugh about that. That's kind of amazing. So like the, so the back and forth between you, what your work is and then the sound editing, because there's sound editing as well, right? Like they go in and do very like detailed work. Huge amount. Yeah. So it kind of ping pongs back and forth between you and them. Is that how it works? 
Well, I do our assistants, the first assistant, uh, Shelly and Maxime and Christoph, they are incredible. And they do, Shelly especially does incredible soundscapes. Like sound is really another character on The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. amazing this season too, especially. Yeah. yeah. So we give them a guide. Then we call it a guide track of what we want the sound to be. Like the, mm-hmm. do you remember the scene where Esther's in the hospital and she's mm-hmm. thrashing away in, um, yeah. And in my, in my edit, I thought, you know, it was so important to Eva, this story about her as a survivor. And I <laughs> thought, okay, well, let her say what she says. And then she just loses it. She screams. But yet at the end of the day, she's still voiceless. So I thought, let's pull her screams out at the um, end of it. And you just hear her thrashing. Yeah. Love that. So that lived and Eva really liked that. And I did the same thing in uh, episode 10 when June gets hit by that truck. Yeah, we know. Yes. Everything disappeared except the Kokomo song. Yeah. That's well, and then even when she's so in, the, uh, in the hospital. hospital yeah, where it cuts out the sound and you exactly. just hear that like ringing tinnitus exactly. sound or, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So they take, they take it to a whole nother level. The guys, uh, I mean, David McCallum does incredible sound, like uh, dialogue editing, all the ADR, you'd never know what was replaced on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brennan doing sound effects, we've got Lou and Joe mixing and a whole crew, Kristen and the whole gang. They're just absolute pure artists. It was so yeah. noticeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a subtle soundtrack. So it's 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 hard for people to notice, but I'm so glad you guys noticed. That's great. I think we started yeah. pretty early on, even like um like the cigarette and the snow crunching, like yes. know, everything just sounded amazing. I just wanted to go back to the music for one last thing. Um the Billie Eilish song was so good. Who picked the Billie Eilish song? Well, uh our exec producer Sheila Hawkin brought the idea of Billie Eilish and she had an idea of one song. We laid that up and then Lizzie went, oh, well, why don't we use Bury a Friend? Because like, it's so perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So we, we laid that up and that was it. And the network loved it. And so yeah. that one was, was not hard at all to pick. No. no. Couldn't I think that better. song was, yeah, that song was definitely, I think, my top, top favorites ever. Oh, good. It was just, it was perfect. The lyrics, the, the atmosphere of it. It was just, yeah, it was I great. Agree. Yeah. Cool. What software do you use to edit? avid media composer okay cool yeah i am um, i wanted to know wendy how did you get how did you get the handmaid's job was it did you have to uh, it's weird because i usually ask did you have to audition but uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean i did have to audition sort of over the phone but uh basically i had worked for take five which is this great company in toronto and i had done queer spoke with them i had done the tutors mm. with them i had done borgias with them and I was off doing something else. Uh, and I got a call from Sheila Hawkins saying, we've got The Handmaid's Tale. It's coming to town. Are you interested? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, okay, we'll set up an interview with Bruce because he's a big fan of yours. He likes the tutors. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So Bruce, he, she said it'll be a really quick call because Bruce doesn't have a lot of time. So Bruce and I get on the phone and we literally spent half an hour chatting I mean, he asked me what I thought the show should be cut like and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he said, okay, see you in Toronto. Bye. And I just went, <laughs> and I had to call Sheila and I was like, I think it went well. I yeah. think I got the job. Like I had no idea. And she yeah. goes, hold on. And I'm typing away. And then she goes, yep, you got the job. He loved you. <laughs> That's awesome. So, 
yeah did he um since he liked the the tutors did he like ask you about that was he um like fangirling fanboy yeah no not really I mean (laughs) that was sort of just I think his way of just sort of connecting with me and saying he liked the show I'm not sure if he was like you know a fanboy of the show but (laughs) (laughs) he did like the style and the way it was cut together I guess so well he must have I meant to ask him what other shows he liked and I forgot we're hmm. not busy talking. Yeah, he's great. Okay, I had one last question, music question. So also in the screeners, in the Serena giving birth episode, they used the music from Nick and June meeting up in 409. And it might have made us a little sad for a minute. I don't think Wendy did that one either. But maybe she knows. Oh, you don't know. Oh, yeah. But they changed it in the end. And I was wondering the conversation, the reason. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can clarify that. Adam never wants to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like Lizzie and I stole the music from the uh, 3.13 when the kids come home, ah, arrive. Yeah, on, yeah. Angels fly. Yeah. Oh, make me cry again. Yeah. We used it at the end of 4.03 uh, after Janine and, and Brianna, or not Janine and Brianna. Uh, Alma. Alma and Alma, Brianna. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And then they do the flashback to when they were holding hands and all that. So I stole that cue from Adam and I put it there and Lizzie and I would sit in the cutting room and bawl our eyes out. <laughs> when we were in music spot, he was like, Adam, you can't change this. We love this. We want to do it. And he's like, <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll just change it a little bit. So <laughs> he always likes to put his mark on it, which you've got to give gotcha. him credit. Oh my God. Every season and then every Levels season up. he elevates it and it's like unbelievable to me he's yeah, so talented yeah, he really is I have a very nerdy random question to ask you um so I know like most of editing now is done digitally have you ever done film splicing like manual as an assistant yes okay I, that's when I started that we it was just phasing out so yeah. uh, we did that in school we shot everything on 16 mil I would use a splicer and edit the films in school on a on a flatbed and then when I worked for Steve Lawrence, he worked on a movieola. And I don't know if you know much about editing, but they would take the film strips and with a grease pencil, a white grease pencil, mark where they wanted the cuts to go and then hand it to the assistant. And the assistant would Make the cuts. physically cut it, put it together. Yeah. And you know what? I'm forever thankful that I did have a chance to work on film because I feel like I'm a way more decisive editor because of that. Yeah, interesting. When you when you film, you don't want to put 20 splices in it because you can't run it through the machine and it looks crappy, right? So right. I think it was the best training for me. I mean, everybody says, oh, I, that I'm fast. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not fast. I'm just decisive. I just, I just mm-hmm. go with my gut and this is how it's going to be. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it stays that way. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So I went to NCSA. I don't know if you know the school in Winston-Salem. It's a film school. No. Um, 20 years ago and they were just at the tail end of teaching splicing when I was there so I didn't it was kind of like a novelty at that point and it wasn't something that they really pushed for us to learn but it was really fascinating to me so I just thought I would ask (laughs) yeah no it's 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 nostalgic I I do yeah exactly you know it was much more physical you were standing you were rewinding you know Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. Me and my husband kind of like nerd out and like look for theaters that still show movies in in film and we'll like travel to go watch them and stuff. So yeah. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. Cool. One of my questions was besides the episode you won an Emmy for, 
which is amazing, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, oh my God. Congratulations. That's a really big deal. So thanks. I um I wondered what was your favorite episodes besides that one that you've ever edited? I mean, I, I have love affairs with each episode as I'm doing them and then I sort of put them to bed and I just sort of forget it. I don't forget about them, but you know what I mean? <laughs> It, it's like, I love the challenge of a new episode. And um, we, I, I've been so lucky to work with incredible directors and, and be able to cut some of the most spectacular footage. I mean, I feel very spoiled uh, going forward, working with anybody else. And I've told that to Lizzie and, and she, she said that, don't worry, we'll work together and it won't be a problem. So that's good, but um, no, I. <laughs> I think, I mean, I have a soft spot for the finale I just did. I really liked 403. I really loved episode three that I did with Reed Morano, mm-hmm. um, where Emily wakes up in the hospital and finds ah, out. Yeah. 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 That episode just killed me. Yeah. I can't imagine having to edit that episode. I'd just be like in on the floor crying. Yeah. I mean, it was Alexis's first time crying on camera and uh ever and so when she's standing there and going through the grief process of what just happened to her I mean I had to cut around Reed walking in and and whispering in her ear okay now you're really pissed off or now you're this or now you're that so that she would go through all those things and then finally get to crying and then the the scream at the end Mm -hmm. so it was like how the hell am I going to do this I don't want to cut wide and then go back in cut wide so I was like okay we're going to jump cut this. The jump cuts are amazing in that scene. It, they're kind of wild, aren't they? And I never thought Hemmings would it's be perfect. Like, yeah. Jump cuts. But then it be, kind of became a signature in a way where we only use them ve- like after after Emily stabbed Lydia and threw her over the balcony. <laughs> like and went into her bedroom. I, I did the same thing. It was a bunch of jump cuts. So it was like only in very certain moments we use them. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, long-winded way of saying each episode no, I enjoy good. for so many different reasons. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. 403 is one of my all-time favorites, probably a lot of the groups. Um, the bridge scene was amazing. It looked so much like a wedding. I realize it did not represent a wedding now that we're two seasons further, <laughs> but it was just like <laughs> such a beautiful, like long walk, all of that. I loved it. You edited it beautiful. I love that too. Talking about what Kimberly was just asking you, I, I kind of wondered, do you have, are there any moments? I mean, maybe the jump cuts are one of them, but moments where, you know, you just like really felt like something really clicked like perfectly on a specific edit or something that you tried out. And then it was just something that you're like really proud of having done, I guess, on a scene. I mean, when I started Handmaids, I took over the pilot from um, Julian Clark, who had to leave. And I sat in that chair and I was like, I have no idea how to edit this series. Like this is, this is unlike anything I've ever done before. I I felt like, why am I sitting here? This just feels so, so out of my comfort zone. So out of my league. And then when I finally figured out the language, which a lot of directors talk about too, trying to find that language, there's no over the shoulders. There's no, pre-lap dialogue or very rarely, you know, like you don't cut it like a regular TV show, right? So mm-hmm. I think when I did do episode three and I cut a scene where June comes up to see Janine in her bedroom and mm-hmm. Janine's all excited. And, you know, if you get pregnant, you get ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. I love, 
I love my commander and, you know, and June's like, yeah, I don't think he loves you. You know, that Mm -hmm. was so tricky to cut, but once I got it together, I felt really proud of it. And Reed came in and she watched it and we tried to make a few changes. And then she was like, no, put it back, put it back, put it back. So I was really happy that I just went with my gut, trusted that I could do it. And then I, I feel like after that, I was okay for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was thinking, cause I was listening to another interview you did and you talked about, um, you know, like challenging scenes that you've done. Um, and I was wondering, what do you think the most challenging scene you did on season five for you was? Oh, definitely the funeral and ballet. Mm. It yep. took me six days to cut those that wow. sequence yeah such an amazing sequence though so good. i don't know how you did it in six days that was insane yeah <laughs> there's so many shots it was a lot of late night yeah because the, the problem was i had to create the whole ballet choreography so i had to cut the entire ballet and then mm. i cut the entire funeral and then intercut mix it. them together yeah it's okay. yeah. like a whole oh. different genre like cutting a ballet <laughs> In the middle of the yeah, day. I don't know. That seems well. I think I think you nailed it earlier when you said that editors need to be musical. And you know, I have a love of music, and obviously, I think yeah. I have a sense of rhythm or whatever, whatever it is. I it's hard to put your finger on, but um, yeah. So to cut a ballet, I mean, the choreography was beautiful, and Lizzie did such a great job directing the whole thing. And mm-hmm. Justin Pack, right? I think did the choreography. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nick shot it and of course it's beautiful so right it was just um, it was a lot of work just to get the right because they did several takes and just to get the most beautiful most elegant moments and when I watched it I assumed it was just a ballet that you guys had borrowed from elsewhere and I really the moment that I realized no that is not at all the case no it's like wow yeah all you guys amazing yeah. that's a whole different type of this whole different art form that you had to go into for that yeah yeah and then the funny thing is so I get it all together and it's like five and almost six minutes long and then Bruce says yeah we have to make it shorter I'm like oh. <laughs> it's like how the hell am I going to cut Tchaikovsky down like the, yeah the piece of music itself is so intricate anyway we got there but it took a lot of work well, and th- this is this is about to reveal my like next level of nerdiness, but I've like played around with that scene and like pl- spliced together um, just for fun cool. the the parts that you know are the same sequence. So like all the Gilead parts. And it's really interesting that you're saying that you edited them individually because they it works. Like if you take out the other pieces, it still works as a scene, which is so interesting to me. So yeah. Oh, so you said that cool. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You did that. I'm not sure if the ballet would cut together like seamlessly, but yeah, I haven't done that. But yeah. 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 Very cool. <laughs> was that your favorite um scene on season five? Or do you have another one? Oh my goodness. Sorry, I love the tough questions. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite scenes. Um, but I, yeah, that's one of my favorites for sure. I also love the end of episode, is it five? Five or six. The end of six when um, Serena's holding the gun. And they're oh, having yeah. Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. June yeah. or back and forth. And then she shoots poor Ezra. 
It's such a good scene. I love that <laughs> reveal of Serena when, like, she's coming behind the bus and you just see her and June's like, oh, my fucking God, not again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's kind of you too, right? Like, you get to create those moments because you choose when to reveal it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was all choreographed. I didn't have too much to do. Right. You know, I did play it in one shot, so the bus moves and Serena's there. That was Lizzie and Nick planning that, but... Um, yeah, you're right. Ed- Editing is all about timing and when you show what, you know, like how long are you going right. to hang on the girls and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, staring at each other before uh, she turns and shoots Ezra, you know. Mm-hmm. And the same thing on the train. It was like we, Lizzie and I went back and forth a bunch of times. We had m- way more footage of June walking down that, uh, I don't know what you call it, the train car, the train car. Yeah. Yeah, she had cutaways of, uh, you know, uh, refugees and all that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. we thought, oh, if you're here too long, you're going to know something is about to happen. Uh, Mm. So we cut it down by half. And she just walks through the first car. She picks up the baby and then says her dialogue about going to Hawaii, blah, blah, blah. And then the baby. Mm -hmm. And we hope that that's at the point where you guys catch on. Because you want the mm-hmm. audience a little bit ahead of June. Right, like a second before the reveal. You can exactly. go, like, what? Okay. And then, like, yeah. no. That's perfect. Yeah. That's how it felt. That's interesting that you want that. I like that. To know mm-hmm. that. Was that baby the cutest baby ever? To like, oh, yes. oh my God, we're in love with that baby. And that baby so love with Lizzie too. Like, oh. Yeah, they seem like it. I know. Oh my God. That bathtub scene where she grabs oh. her to pull her out of the tub and the baby just literally cuddles right into her like that was all natural yeah how do you get a baby to do that to a somewhat stranger that is amazing yeah and she fell asleep and a lot of time together and trust each other i guess yeah what an amazing piece of trivia for that child later in life too and to be like yeah "Yeah." (laughs) elizabeth moss (laughs) sang me asleep when i was a baby (laughs) exactly oh another another good uh scene was the testimony like the courtroom scene yes where Mm -hmm. there is no editing that that one or Oh, wow, yeah. Lizzie shot all this coverage, and I assembled my sh- my episode with just the one because I thought, oh, that's so handmaid's. Like, let's yeah. not interrupt her. Let her have her speech, you know. And right. then I got I chickened out at the last minute. I was like, well, Lizzie shot all this coverage. I better put that version in. So I put that in my editor's assembly and sent it to Lizzie, and she got on the phone. She's like, you know the courtroom scene? And I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to play it in the winter, right? And she goes, can I see it? And I said, sure. So I played um, it for her. We're both bawling at the end. And she's like, yep, yeah, that's the one. Definitely. <laughs> we were all crying definitely. as well. That's the one. That's cool, though, that you're on the same page. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. That's cool that you get to be involved in making that decision, too, about like, you know, and I, I was wondering that, too, about the there's like a two and a half minute shot in the Putnam House in um, episode yep. two of season two, five. Five yeah, and then there's also the poisoning scene between Janine and Esther with that long one single shot. Um, yep. So yeah. Oh yeah, you um, Nick said they you crossed the I forget crossed the line. Access. Yeah. Yeah. That was near. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of like the opposite spectrum, right? From the from the funeral is choosing the take that you can go beginning to end through. Yeah. And that's perfect all the way through. Yeah. No, that never happens usually. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it seems in, like it to us, though. <laughs> yeah, no, in the case of the winners, I mean, they do several takes until they get it right. Or, right. you mm-hmm. know, um, and then I don't look at the paperwork. I just pick the one I think is the best. And cool. uh, then I'll look at the paperwork after and just say, no, you're wrong. I like this. Take 
really smart though. You're good at this. You just get it innately. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously you're very good at it. Well, thanks. It's, it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle, you know, they shoot out of order. Scenes are out of order. Oh my gosh. Thoughts are out of order. They just put it all in a bag, shake it and go. (laughs) Put it together. (laughs) Hours and hours of footage to look at. So, but I was wondering, was there was there ever a moment like we were discussing earlier with like the screeners and the changes that we saw, like to um, the actual episode that was aired on Hulu? Hulu? How do you say Hulu? Hulu. 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 You said it right Hulu? all of those times, except maybe one. <laughs> one sounded weird. <laughs> Tried too hard. We don't have Hulu over here in Australia, so I was wondering how you say it. <laughs> was there ever a moment where it was like like literally last minute to like when it was airing on the TV? How close call have you gone? No, I don't think I don't think we let it go that far. I mean, <laughs> people are pretty good about hitting deadlines. The usually the last thing to pop in are the visual effects. You know, mm. the final visual effects. There were some notes on our screeners for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a couple little yeah. things that weren't finished. Yeah, exactly. So those are the last minute. I mean, even when we're in the mixing theater, we were in, we just screened the finale a couple weeks ago before it went. Mm-hmm. It was tight to air, but mm-hmm. we made a big mistake on our podcast episode for the 507 because we couldn't figure out why June swerved the car because oh, we yeah. had the muzzle effects yet. Right. <laughs> like, right, right. Maybe like the windshield cracked. Maybe it was a rock. <laughs> yeah. Should have figured out it was a gun. I do think that we mentioned it, but it got cut. Anyway, it's interesting to see it before it's finished. I like that. It's really yeah. interesting to see how it works. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the and all the sound and the music like comes on after the fact yeah learned a lot this year cool well we appreciate you guys you guys are awesome thank you oh thank Thank you you. very much honestly the fact that any of you listen is awesome no we all listen and we all appreciate your interest like it's like why why do why do they care but it's so cool (laughs) we're very dorky but we do (laughs) no thank you honored do you, when you edit, do you have to go to Toronto or can you just edit it from? Yeah, I mean, I actually live in Toronto. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, cool. I, I've cut other places. I've cut in LA and whatever, but um, I'm home-based in Toronto for now. Do you get to spend time on set then when they're actually filming? I avoid set if I can help it. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she has time either. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yeah, right. That's true. I don't really have time, but um, no, it was funny. I did a series with Andrew McCarthy. Do you know who he is? <gasps> yeah. From um, Pretty in Pink? Yes. Yeah. He was my director and he was in the room with me. And uh, yeah, it was really kind of an out-of-body experience because he was like my childhood crush. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one day I had to go on set and direct inserts for a day with him. And so that was very pleasurable to go to set that. (laughs) Well, yes, I don't mind at all. No, I didn't mind at all. But otherwise, (laughs) it's a lot of standing around. And if you're not in a creative position, I find it excruciating to be there. (laughs) Fun to watch. And it's fun to hang out for a couple hours. But yeah. Yeah. We we did a little marathon watch. (laughs) A lot of us met up in Toronto just to meet each other because we live all around the world. Hmm. And we spent like two days watching them film in Newmarket because they just happened to be filming while we were there. We'll call you next time. Yeah. Right. I remember reading that on one of your, on Insta, I think. Yeah, it was cool. It's definitely like, wow, we're here for two days and it's, you know, two and a half minutes of footage or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You get it. It's much less glamorous than you expect the life of an actor to be. (laughs) Yes. But it comes out glamorous. It comes out very glamorous. (laughs) 
I'd much prefer your job of hanging with your dog while you edit. While you edit? Yeah, that is yeah, literally my dream. Yeah. Exactly. And you kind of make your own hours and I can work from yeah. home if I want. If I want to leave early and do the rest of the day from home, I can do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm thrilled that I picked this career as opposed to standing outside for 14 hours. Any yeah, hour. exactly. I mean, they love it and they're great at it. And, you know, I think they're incredible at what they do, but it's just not for me. Yeah. yeah. Should we grab everyone from the upside down well? Yeah, like yeah. we've never ever asked this many questions of someone before we Yeah, I'm sorry, about that. Really sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm like nerding out so bad. We're just fascinated. <laughs> I'm sorry if I talk too much. No, it's it's No. We could stay here all night. It's fine. <laughs> all right, here is Raquel. Hi Raquel. Hi Wendy. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer our questions today. Um, you were just touching on it, um, but I'm very interested in the process of putting together a scene or a sequence of scenes and how much power you have in framing the story because it's really an important job. Do you usually get the raw footage and then are given a vague idea of what the scene is meant to convey or are you just given very specific notes of, uh, from the script and the directors? What we have is usually a marked script. So basically it's the script with all the shots, I should have brought that, uh, with all the shots written on it. And we get that at the end of the day when we get the footage for the scenes. And we also get something called a continuity, which tells you every camera angle, uh, what lens it was shot on, how long the take is, any comments from the director, all that paperwork goes with the footage that they shot the previous day. Um, I was just saying earlier that I don't tend to look at that because I don't want to be influenced by that. I mean, of course, I'll look at the script and follow, you know, the intention of Bruce has written, you know, Janine is feeling uncomfortable. I'll make sure that I weave that into her performance, although I don't have to weave anything with these people. They're just incredible. It all comes hand delivered. Yeah. So I will screen the footage top to bottom. I'll make my selects. I, I have a timeline and I'll throw performances in there. Like if I like a particular part of a wide shot, I'll throw that in the timeline and I'll just build off that. Uh, Every scene is different. Sometimes I start at the beginning. Sometimes I start at the end. Sometimes I start at the middle. And yeah, I just find the best performance from each take and then really feel like how, I mean, you don't just go cut to one person speaking, cut to another person speaking. It's really balancing who has the power in the scene, who's the victim in the scene, who do you want to see when, you really have to go with your gut and cut it that way. So there's no rules. Every scene is completely different. So which makes the job great because you never get bored. Yeah, sounds really, really interesting. Thank you. Oh, thanks for asking. Yulia, are you there? Yes. <laughs> Hi. It's always, it's always like four in the morning for her. She's uh, rock star. She's in Germany. It's nearly free, yeah. <laughs> but Raquel is also in Europe, so we are like. That's true, Raquel. Sorry, we're representing the Europeans today. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for your interest. No, thank you for the time answering so many questions. No problem. So, um, I was wondering if you have any specific techniques um, that you only or more often used for the Handmaid's Tale, maybe even compared to your other projects to, well, achieve a certain tone or as you call the language of, of the show? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, North American standard television is cut super fast. And it's like, usually whoever's talking is on camera, then you cut to a reaction, then back to the person talking, and then they talk. So it's very cut, 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 cut. That's not what we do in the Hemis at all. In fact, nine, like a lot of the time, we'll stay with a person, whoever is, you know, the person that's being affected by what's going on in the scene. So a lot of the time someone's talking and I never even cut to them. It's like, I don't, I don't care what that person's saying. I mean, I do care what they're saying, but I don't care to look at them. I, I want to see mm. how it's affecting June, for example. So a normal TV show, it's not cut like that at all. And I, I know we hang on close-ups longer than average show <laughs> and we get criticized for it, but the whole point is how does it affect the character? And, you know, June doesn't need to say anything. She just, it's all on her face. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, if, if that's not your thing, don't watch, but that's what yeah, we do. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we say to those people as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We see that as well. And we don't share that criticism. Cause like so much of the show is not nonverbal, you know? Yes. And I think that that's like the best thing about the show Mm-hmm. exactly I think people don't even realize that how much they're picking up from that I don't think like subconsciously how much you're getting mm-hmm. from those moments of just right. seeing someone's reaction or seeing someone's subtle facial expression that changes yeah exactly and I think you got to really be into the show to to pick yeah. that up you know so many people watch tv Possible. on their phones and don't and they're like oh mm-hmm. still on her close-up you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway yeah I hope that answers your question. Yes. Thank you very much. Great answer. Thank you. All right. Tina. Hi. Hi, Tina. Hi, Wendy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, so my question is about, um, I was wondering how much footage do you get per episode? Because like, you know, we went in Newmarket and we were there for what, like two days for what ended up being like 45 seconds of TV. So <laughs> how much footage do you typically get per episode and how much of that ends up we know on the cutting room floor where we don't see it gosh I don't have the exact numbers but I get a couple hours of dailies a day usually because they're shooting yeah. two or three cameras you know depending on the episode mm-hmm. and I forgot to mention earlier some of that storyboarded which is kind of cool um, so I have a, a guide as to what the director's thinking as far as order and size of shots so sometimes I'll go by that but I think like for 12, I don't know, 12 days of shooting per episode, I think it ends up to be, I think it's more like a 40 to one ratio. I think someone figured it out. One wow. Day. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's a lot of high speed through the slates and things like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have that much. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, like a 1.5 to one and that feels hard. So oh my yeah. Gosh. yeah. We feel bad about that. 40 yeah. to one. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> There's a lot of takes, you know, sometimes and a lot of, yeah, a lot of setups, which is great. I mean, it just makes me look better. The more <laughs> stuff I get to play with and the, you know, the crane shots and the drone shots and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. So good. Yeah. Would you all have those on like, I guess you have, do you go through them individually, each camera and each thing, or do you have them on the screen at like the same time? Or? Good question. On Avid, I can group clip the, the clips however many cameras are going at the same time, mm-hmm. the first assistant will line them up so that they're all in sync. And then on my big screen, mm-hmm. I watch them all sim- simultaneous. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. yeah. And when I put it in my timeline, 
I just hit the arrow key and I can scroll through all the different cameras. So Lizzie says, well, yeah. what's this look like on the B camera? I'll just go bing. No. Oh, here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. so cool. So there, this is so random, but the, uh, the movie Moulin Rouge, there was like a, a setting on the DVD where you could switch between different camera angles, like just for fun. Yeah. And I used to just sit there for like hours, like just switching between <laughs> different camera angles. So can you guys release that for Handmaid's 2s? So yeah. <laughs> play around. Seems likely. Cool. Yeah. That would defeat my purpose kind of, but yeah. <laughs> We would really love it, though. We yeah, would, we would really love it. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Now Ginger is here. Hi, Ginger. Hi, Wendy. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, my question, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but mine is um, regarding like deleted scenes. When you're putting together like a scene or your, the episode, do you like put together basically like a package to send to like Bruce or the director or Lizzie or whoever is involved? And who, um, I guess, makes, I mean, I guess who makes those final decisions? Is it kind of like a collaboration between everybody of what ends up being the final scene or episode that we see? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said earlier, Bruce has the ultimate say. He's our showrunner. Um, but the director, like, I do my cut and I include everything in so that everybody can see all the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then I do what's called the director's cut. And then Lizzie will come in the room or, or Eva, we did remotely. And we'll go through the cut and we will decide line cuts or like if we're running really long or if the scene's not working, we'll cut it or we'll move a scene. So we, we track that with a tracker. Uh, the assistant does that for us. And then we deliver the director's cut with that piece of paper. And um, then the producers, all the producers will see it and then they get to do their cut. And I throw the deleted scenes on the end. It's rare that we ever have deleted scenes, to be honest. It's so rare. Um, this season in episode 501, maybe? Yeah, I think 501. There was a whole scene where uh, June goes to see her therapist. And they talk mm. uh, talk on the bench and, and the therapist reveals she used to be uh, in Gilead. And it was a great scene. We, it just, something had to go. And so that scene sat on the end right. of the episode for a long time. And it's funny because we... We had a few comments like why doesn't june go see a therapist like and we're all like mm -hmm. well she kind of did you just didn't see it so <laughs> yeah um anyway so those deleted scenes go on the end uh we take them off before it goes to hulu and uh mgm um but they know which ones have been deleted because of that paper trail so sometimes they ask to see it and go why did you delete it and sometimes they don't so that's kind of how it works, but they're gone forever once once it's lost. No. They still exist. Sure, we can't get them. <laughs> we we would love to see those. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a, a DVD special feature, like after the whole show is done, like the box set and all the deleted scenes. <laughs> yes. you'd make so much money. Yeah, yeah. Yes. they could dig them up. I'm sure uh, EDL exists somewhere with them on it, but um, honestly, there really isn't many. Any good Nick and June cutscenes? Break our hearts. <laughs> no, we get air. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm Team Nick. Um, Yay! <laughs> that's lovely to hear. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, OT. I love you, but June's a different person, though. Yes. Uh, yes. It's okay. OT is not Luke. I OT know. is OT. OT, we love too. I know. Thank you. Thank you.
Uh, Rachel. Hello. Hello. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Kind of piggybacking what Ginger just said about cutscenes. Some of us have had the opportunity to go to the writer's library in um, LA where and actually read the scripts. And so we've noticed there are some instances where scenes Cha- they change from script to screen or they're yeah mostly that they change it's not that the scene itself completely goes away but we've noticed differences between the script and the screen so I guess I'm really curious at what point in the process those decisions are made I have a specific example um I'll going all the way back to season one this uh season one episode three the scene where Nick brings June the ice in yeah. the script they were supposed to kiss, but in the that did not play out that way in the episode. So our curiosity was piqued. Did this was this filmed and cut, or how did that happen? Oh gosh, I wish I could remember for you. <laughs> I think it was probably discussed on the day that they weren't gonna kiss, that it would be uh kind of hotter if they had that tension between the two of them. I agree. They weren't wrong. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that they didn't kiss on the day and I didn't cut it. I I think that decision, a lot of decisions are made on the floor. Lizzie is like incredibly in tune with her character and she knows what June would do and what June wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. She will often say, no, I don't think we should do that. And then Bruce will agree or, or not agree or say do two versions or or whatever but I think in that particular scene um they did not kiss you're right so normally would you say that if there's a drastic change between script to screen it's usually those changes are made before it gets to your stage it gets it's usually happens while they're filming um usually what happens is they have a discussion beforehand and they'll issue a new script page for that um Mm -hmm. but something as simple as a screen direction maybe they didn't for that so when it gets to me, things that usually go are like a line or two or, you know, um, the end of a scene or let's just start with them already in the room or, you know, top and tails kind of things or internal cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the scene with in the finale where, you know, Janine's just told uh, Naomi that they're not friends and then... Mm-hmm. Lydia talks to Janine and says, you have to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole bunch of fantastic work by Ann Dowd, which is not, <laughs> not unusual. She's amazing. Oh, she's the best. Of her pacing around and looking at Janine and then not being able to look at Janine and pacing around and, and tearful and all of this. And it was all wonderful, but it was we were way over length. And it was just like, okay, we got to get on with this. So we did a little bit of it. And then she launched into the, to the scene. So yeah, there's definitely cuts that happen, like some major cuts sometimes. Um, and sometimes we have to change the dialogue. Like when um, they were, Tuello comes to say, hey, I can get you on a train. There was some confusion about, well, who are the refugees that are arriving? Mm-hmm. I had to recut the scene so that I cut off Tuello so that he could say the new line, which um. was, yeah, which was, you know, Americans are coming here the government sending them out west, you know, to give some context because it was, it was a little confusing to, to the network. So, Is that, yeah. so do the actors have to like come back and do voice 
every show, ADR. every time they do mm. ADR. It's going like a sound booth, right? And do that or? Yeah, that studio work? with David McCallum. I mean, David had a, a traveling ADR booth. He set it up for Lizzie uh, <laughs> so that because of COVID and all that. He was in a trailer and then had it in her house at one point or, or wow. I don't know how it all worked out, but um, yeah, That's we cool. have to do uh, ADR all the time just for general background noise, airplanes, trucks going by, you know, yeah. lawn, you know, leaf blowers don't <laughs> pay the people to turn them off, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> Dave, David actually um, talked to us on Twitter the other day and he was mentioning how they did the, um, I think it was like the arm crunch. That's right. In the fight finale. And it's crazy what they actually end up using to make the sounds. It's like fruit and, you know, things like <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's like probably 20 different sounds in there. Yeah. I just like picture people like in the back, like pretending, hey, does this sound like this? <laughs> That's another whole area of like filmmaking that is so interesting to me fully yeah. ar- the fully artists like yeah they're incredible so cool <laughs> just like yeah. testing different sounds to make it sound like something else like that's yeah it's fascinating. yeah exactly yeah. um while we're talking about the cutscenes, do you edit the trailers and the promos as well for the episodes that you that you do somebody else does that yeah you mean the previously ons no the just the, the just promotional the yeah little clips like the teaser they, the teasers yeah exactly that's all hulu Gotcha. Okay. It's interesting because sometimes there'll be shots in those that are not in the final cut. A lot this year. Yeah. So how are they getting that? Like, where are they getting that footage from if they're shoot, if they're doing that, if they're cutting it? It exists. Right. <laughs> Mostly in an early cut. So we'll send them cutscenes. Okay. From early versions. And uh, gotcha. So Hulu, Hulu has an earlier screener that they're using to cut the promo with. It's yeah. basically why that happens. Got it. Okay. They, they ask for promo material. I release scenes to our assistants and they upload it for him. Okay. They also get the dailies so they can oh, dive true. in okay. stuff and not old stuff, but can you throw us on that list? We'll, we'll take the dailies. Yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> take the dailies. Yeah. <laughs> so in the tra- I think in the first ever teaser trailer that we got, there is a scene in, uh, I think it was 103 actually. So I know you didn't do that one, but maybe you won't know anyway so I'm just blabbing on for no reason (laughs) but there was a scene in the trailer with Nick standing at the phone and you see a woman which I'm guessing is Rose looking at him and it looks like she doesn't have many clothes on we were all like what the hell is going on here but yeah we'll shut we'll send it to you Wendy it's so strange (laughs) yeah she seems clearly like what was going on there it's like her back clothesless and he's on like yeah. in front of her Sorry, in the room yeah. that he's on the phone with and and it never happened and we were like huh was was there a phone call between him and june in three yeah, yeah, yeah. that one yeah it, it kind of looks like it was maybe after that scene like mm-hmm. he's wearing the same stuff and in the same kind of room so we're wondering if maybe like rose came in and like heard him talking to her or yeah well she is his wife so maybe yeah she's like what the heck it would have been rose it would have been rose and maybe that's why it got cut because it was a little risque for rose Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Or yeah. you didn't want, I mean, if you see the arc of the season, you see that Nick and June are kind of like, you know, they can't quit each other, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you set up too much of a romantic relationship between him and Rose. True. Yes. Right. Yeah. Probably why it got cut. We actually all thought that Nick's wife was gonna be Genevieve. 
Angelson because of the red hair. Oh my god. Our theories during filming are like we collected so much like information and we <laughs> You guys so have more information than I have. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, it's it's fun. It's our hobby. We don't share it, but we do try to collect We're it. We're doing our own jigsaw puzzle <laughs> yeah. with the with the pieces on our end too. <laughs> but we we are not good at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one you will know actually, because I think it was supposed to be in one, but there was a scene with Luke and Moira, I think, and they were outside and they were arguing about um Yeah. She fucking I forget, she fucking tore him apart or something, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah. That was a Bruce decision to lose that. Or actually, maybe maybe Lizzie did at first, and then Bruce saw it and said, "Yeah, okay, we'll just we just wanted to get on with it." Um, it felt kind of, <laughs> kind of like a double beat. Like they've already yelled, "June, come back!" You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just it was a time thing again. We were so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting little tidbit I can give you on that, uh, or not that particular moment, but an edit that went crazy was the end of episode one was supposed to be the burying of the gun in the snow. Oh, what happened? Well, (laughs) Lizzie shot a wonder and it's June coming out of the house and she goes over to the drain to put the gun down the drain, then doesn't do it, then walks all the way back to her house, goes (laughs) and gets a shovel, shovels (laughs) Oh, what's the gun? Uh, I like that. It took way too long. It was like, you know, but yeah, it sounds three minutes and change. Time consuming. Yeah. So we were all like, oh, we love the oneer, but it's just not the way to end an episode. So I uh, I might as well take credit for it. I came up with the idea uh, of of jump cutting it to open episode two. And then Bruce is like, Uh I really like the idea of ending on the baby with June, the baby moment. Yeah. Yeah, 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 perfect. And the bookends of the bathroom too. We talked about that on, yes, on our exactly. podcast recording. That was really cool. Exactly. Great choice. It's so good. Yeah. I'm really glad that you did that. That was really mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. And it, it sets up, you know, the you know, her her lying in bed with the spinny thing again. That, yeah. that yes. We <laughs> used a darker version of the dream song. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, it worked out. It did. Yeah, that's really cool. I had a question. So on episode length. Why do they differ so much? Why can't you just run them longer? Is there like a total amount of time you're allowed to allot to the 10 episodes or? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's kind of old school to have a specific time now, like because everybody streams them, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're, you're oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Hour mark for commercials. Mm-hmm. But still, Hulu don't want the episodes sort of longer than the hour mark. Can we take them up to the hour? then next season every time <laughs> yeah right it's just it costs more money right it costs more money yeah. to do all the sound mm-hmm. the mixing the visual effects blah 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 yeah, it's an expensive show to produce so i think um i i like them around the 60 minute mark for sure i think the finale was 60 yeah minutes. when we saw the timestamp of the finale we were like yay yeah. yeah yeah we get excited the moment we see that yeah yeah so how different is it than editing for like a, a network where you're set to like you know 43 minutes 12 seconds or whatever like yeah. i get that specific sometimes right <laughs> yeah i haven't done a, a like a regular network show in a long time um but yeah they still do that they want it 43 12 or whatever so that's, yeah that's wild <laughs> yeah <sighs> As a fan of the show, Wendy, who's your favorite character? Is it June or someone else? Uh, it's Janine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Janine. Yes. 
Yeah, I love her. I'm so scared, though. I'm so scared. I know. I'm scared for her. It'll be okay, I think. She's definitely one of the podcast top five, I think, Janine. Yeah. Um, does Bradley, editing Bradley, like, is he just constantly, like, fucking oh. up takes by making people laugh? Not him, but just being so funny. Please release a blooper reel of just Bradley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please. He's the best. He just is so thoughtful in his acting approach. And just to watch his dailies, it's just such a joy because it's all going on constantly with him. His, <laughs> you can see yeah. the wheels turning as, yeah. as Lawrence, you know, like, he's just... And he's so politically on point with yeah. Yeah. women's yeah. issues. Like he's behind mm-hmm. every, all of us, you know, he's just, he's, mm-hmm. yeah. We can agree on that too. This is wonderful. We love you. Yes. Come join us. <laughs> yeah. Do your job first. He's such a pro and he's the nicest guy. Like he, he's just so kind and sweet. And they all are. I'm sure someone said no asshole policy on uh, handmaids. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. One more thing, Wendy, please. Can you edit around if they make Lawrence a really baddie next season? Because I can't deal with it. Prepare yourself, Kimberly. It's not looking good. I can't. But he's done so much good in the past. Like, I just, I'm hopeful that he's going to help somehow. I mean, in his ridiculous way, he thinks he's helping by creating New Bethlehem. He's, like, trying Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. When he mentions, or June mentions his, his wife, I mean, he completely crumbles. Yeah. yeah, right. But he always has. So we made a whole like <laughs> reel of it for Bradley Stories Day. And I, I don't think he noticed it. So we'll have to re release the softer side of Lawrence because it's lovely. The softer side of Lawrence. Yeah, the softer side. I'm going to retweet it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry, Scarlett. I'm so sorry. Scarlett's home from work. Sorry, we're on it's okay. Hi, Wendy. Nice to meet you. Thank- thanks for waiting. <laughs> I just oh, got it from thanks work. for coming. My question is, uh, a lot of the scenes in this show are close-ups of the characters to show their point of views and emotions, and that is such a great part of the story. How difficult is it to edit, and how do you know which shots you're going to use? Yeah, Um, it is a point of view show, and that's exactly right, and that's what I always have to remember when I sit down to cut a scene you know, it's, it's always through June's point of view. Like it's very rare that you'll be outside looking in on a scene in a, in a more general way. So yeah, it's hard to cut scenes because you really have to ground it in that perspective, you know, so being in June's head and then going to somebody else is often tricky, right? Because you're trying to, you're trying to make it her perspective. I guess, as I was saying a little bit earlier, you don't cut it traditionally. You, you cut it by hanging on certain people. Like I, I was saying that you, you hang on June's close up and you hear other people talking, but I don't ever want to cut to them necessarily. You know what I mean? Especially guards or, you know, uh, people in the room that, that are sort of not direct people that she's concerned about. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's, it's definitely different. It took me a long time to figure this out of how, how this show should be cut together. Yeah, it's, I think it's very consistent. I mean, that's usually what you get when you, when you see the show and it's just, that's what you feel. That's why you can go like in this journey with her, which is right. very interesting. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> and that's great. We don't, we don't mind the June stare. No. Yeah, and we like <laughs> those extra seconds really change everything. I mean, it gives you a chance to really, it's like you're reading the character's mind in those moments. And it's, it's powerful that you are able to choose that because you're able to say like, 
I'm going to hold on this person's face and it's going to make a world of difference in how you understand what they're thinking. So I, yeah. A really good example of that is when June has an internal monologue, like a voiceover happening. Mm-hmm. Lizzie has it memorized in her head. And when she's on the set, like if she's doing her scene, you can see the literally the words go across her eyes. Like it's incredible. Her face, totally. every wow. thought, even though she's not saying it. So then right. I get her voiceover after and I lay it in and it's just like, perfect. it perfectly matches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And Yvonne is incredible. I mean, Yvonne, this yes. just blown it out of the water. Yes. Just give them all the Emmys. Like they're just, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of them. <laughs> the cast is just the best. Yeah. Talking about, um, there's a scene in um, the finale where um, just after Janine kind of blows her shit at Naomi, I guess you could say, and, you know, Naomi's like, they're crying, and you hear Lawrence in the other room going, Mrs. Putnam, Naomi, darling. Like, I was wondering, did they ever shoot Bradley with that, or did you just hear him in the background? (laughs) Yeah, no, that was intentional just to have him in the other room. The scene wasn't really about him, but it was a good vehicle to get Naomi out of the out of the room, and it was scripted, so it was it was perfect. When they have those off-screen moments where a character says something off-screen, is that always ADR, or is it sometimes reported at the location in the yeah. moment for the atmosphere sound? Probably right to match. Well, it's always recorded there if the actor's there. Okay, yeah, cool. That's good. They're always mic. They always have two or three mics going on on each character all the time. So he's like in the next room with a mic, just shouting it the way that you hear it. That's really cool. That's cool to know. I've shot some just like really independent like movies or whatever. And we've never had that. Like we've never shot with like multiple mics before. So it's really cool. Yeah. They wear what's called a lav. They're very very fancy. A lavalier. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's always on their clothing somewhere. And then we have boom, boom microphones. So cool. One of the uh, last questions that I had was about episode 10. Like Nick was saying about the horror elements that she wanted to put in um, episode 10. And there's a scene where June just put on a bulletproof vest and she sits on the, what would you call it? A window, the window? Window seat. Window seat. Um, I love that so much. The, what, would you, what do you call that in editing? It's something I never do. I hate dissolves. But I saw that and I was like, oh, shit, that's going to make a really nice dissolve. Let me try it. Yeah. I, I tried it and it lived. Amazing. It's so slow. I think that's what makes it so good is that it's just like so slight. Yeah. But it just. If it's planned, like if, if it visually works. I mean, so many people dissolve. Right. It's like, ugh, you go from a face <laughs> to a wall and a <laughs> Or something. I don't know. It's like, what? Is that what you were talking about on Twitter? I remember you put a thing yeah. on Twitter saying about a dissolve. Yeah, I just surprised myself. I was like, oh God, I actually did a dissolve. Like, <laughs> yeah. Was that was that planned when they were filming it to do it that way? I guess not, probably, because you just you just thought of it when you saw the two scenes next to each other. It's like the idea of her being surrounded and here she's sitting there with her bulletproof vest and then having the little Gilead like ants around her, like that, which is the ants. Yes. yes. And that's what the story is. Like they're always, you know, they're always around her. So I just thought right. thematically and visually it really worked. Yeah. That's great. It did. <laughs> we'll keep you here for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. We literally could. 
is so wonderful, Wendy. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, this was fantastic. I really appreciate your interest, guys, because the editing, people don't know what it is. You know, they just think it magically goes together. So, yeah, it's so important. I feel like you make the show what it is. Yeah, totally. Well, I get a lot of help, but thanks. Yeah. And you were nominated this past year with the 21 nominations too, right? Mm -hmm. For season four, I mean. Yeah. And for season three as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. The one I'm most proud of is the Ace Eddie Award for the pilot. I mean, that's... Mm, Which is incredible. The Ace Award is like the editor's award for... That's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. I was reading in an interview that you were so shocked that because you were up against, I think it was Game of Thrones you said you were up against and you were just like, wow. Yeah. It was weird because we were sitting there and um, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. And so um, I was sitting there and one of my favorite uh, Radiohead songs came on. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This might be an omen. Like, yeah. We're sitting there and like, uh, best makeup, Game of Thrones, best costume, Game of Thrones, best, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, best editing. And I just turned to my husband and I went, Game of Thrones. And they went, Emmett's still. And I was just like, Yay. That's amazing. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, seriously. I have to ask what the Radiohead song was, though, now, because I'm a big Radiohead fan, too. Oh, Gagging Order? It was on an Ah. I got it. Gotcha. (laughs) I, the one time I skipped, we weren't, like, allowed to skip school in college. It was, like, kind of strict. Like, our, we had a strict policy for that because we only had classes, like, a couple times a week. And I had to fake a car problem so that I could go see Radiohead. So... I was like, flat tire. <laughs> I'm going to see the smile in a couple of weeks. They're playing Toronto. Oh, oh nice. nice. Okay, cool. That's the Johnny Greenwood and Tom York. Sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. band, I guess. Awesome. When do you get time for holidays, Wendy? Do you uh, have a set time? Uh, honestly, I never get, I haven't had a holiday in, I can't even remember how long. Oh, um, really back to like doubled up on and a handmaids and then yeah pilot for amazon and then now doing this limited series and then handmaids will start i, oh, cool. I don't know when i'm gonna get a holiday to be honest we'll start a petition you need one yeah aaron marshall is the other editor isn't he um we have okay so chris donaldson and i were the two lead oh yeah for the first couple of seasons and then our assistant, Anna Yavari, uh, we said she was ready to cut. So they gave her an episode and mm-hmm. we've been mentoring her um, ever since. Chris left to go do Women Talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he oh, also cool. had David Cronenberg feature, which is awesome. Hey. And so Aaron Marshall was our pitch hitter for uh, when we needed uh, relief. And he did a couple episodes over the few seasons, but he came on as a full-time editor this season yeah that's awesome Anna myself and Aaron yeah so yeah we um we follow him on Instagram as well I think he followed us back so I'm sure he seems very lovely he really kind of stalks everybody hey tell them no it's just it's just that's that's my job somebody's got to do it yeah (laughs) she's really good at it honestly and she will never tell anybody I didn't know for like the first eight months of knowing her but she has a another Instagram account with 500,000 followers Oh, holy oh, dog accounts. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm going to have to follow it. What is it? Glorious Goldens. Okay. Yeah, she has golden retrievers. Don't get scared. Oh, dog thing. <laughs> oh, I grew up with Goldens. I'm a Golden. Charlie fan. and Arnold. Oh, they're the best. 
They are adorable. How old are they? Uh, Charlie is 11, so she's just going into senior. Aww. She's turning into a grandma. Aww. And Arnold, <laughs> Arnold is six, but he acts like he's about six months old. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I can't believe you have two Goldens with all that hair. I'm sitting on the floor right now, and I was literally picking hair off my clothes, like when we were talking. <laughs> I, I yeah. believe you. That's yeah. hilarious. Good for you. Yeah, I just got a new vacuum though, and it's like one of those cordless ones. Like, like I, I always used to buy like you know just like cheap vacuums, but I thought, nah, we'll buy a good one. This it's time. worth and, it. And this one is mm-hmm. like, it's worth it. It's like holy shit! Like I didn't realize how much hair. <laughs> On the floor. Have a whole dog in your vacuum cleaner, basically. Make a whole other dog. Yeah, you have to empty it like three times. I'm like, oh, where did this come from? <laughs> Good <laughs> vacuums are very exciting when you're an adult, I have to say. Yeah, really yeah. Weird. <laughs> All right, that's a good note to hit. That's a boring note to end on that. <laughs> Thank you for staying with us, Wendy. Yes, thank you. Oh, any, no problem. This is fun. Thank you. We love you. So much. Can't wait to pleasure. see more of your work. We'll follow yes. all your work now too because we love you. So oh, nice. feeling your limited series. Yes, thank, thank you. For spending you. So Good much night. Time with us. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Next season, if things don't go Nick and June's way, could you just edit them Nick and June's way? <laughs> cool? Or send us an edit that's just for us. <laughs> send Nick and June edit. <laughs>